Section 11 of the Underground Railroad, Part 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Underground Railroad, Part 1, by William Still. Section 11. Clarissa Davis. Arrived dressed in male attire. Clarissa fled from Portsmouth, Virginia, in May 1854, with two of her brothers. Two months and a half before she succeeded in getting off, Clarissa had made a desperate effort, but failed. The brothers succeeded, but she was left. She had not given up all hope of escape, however, and therefore sought a safe hiding place until an opportunity might offer, by which she could follow her brothers on the UGRR, Clarissa was owned by Mrs. Brown and Mrs. Berkeley of Portsmouth, under whom she had always served. Of them she spoke favourably, saying that she had not been used as hard as many others were. At this period, Clarissa was about twenty-two years of age, of a bright brown complexion, with handsome features, exceedingly respectful and modest, and possessed all the characteristics of a well-bred young lady. For one so little acquainted with books as she was, the correctness of her speech was perfectly astonishing. For Clarissa and her two brothers, a reward of $1,000 was kept standing in the papers for a length of time, as these articles were considered very rare and valuable, the best that could be produced in Virginia. In the meantime, the brothers had passed safely on to New Bedford, but Clarissa remained secluded, waiting for the storm to subside. Keeping up courage day by day for seventy-five days with the fear of being detected and severely punished, and then sold, after all her hopes and struggles, required the faith of a martyr. Time after time, when she hoped to succeed in making her escape, ill luck seemed to disappoint her, and nothing but intense suffering appeared to be in store. Like many others, under the crushing weight of oppression, she thought she should have to die, ere she tasted liberty. In this state of mind, one day, word was conveyed to her that the steamship, City of Richmond, had arrived from Philadelphia, and that the steward on board, with whom she was acquainted, had consented to secrete her this trip, if she could manage to reach the ship safely, which was to start the next day. This news to Clarissa was both cheering and painful. She had been praying all the time while waiting, but now she felt that if it would only rain right hard the next morning about three o'clock to drive the police officers off the street, then she could safely make her way to the boat. Therefore she prayed anxiously all that day that it would rain. But no sign of rain appeared till towards midnight. The prospect looked horribly discouraging, but she prayed on, and at the appointed hour, three o'clock before day, the rain descended in torrents. Dressed in male attire, Clarissa left the miserable coop where she had been almost without light or air for two and a half months, and, unmolested, reached the boat safely, and was secreted in a box by William Bagnall, a clever young man who sincerely sympathized with the slave, having a wife in slavery himself, and by him she was safely delivered into the hands of the Vigilance Committee. Clarissa Davis here, by advice of the committee, dropped her old name, and was straightway christened Mary D. Armstead. 
desiring to join her brothers and sister in new bedford she was duly furnished with her ugrr passport and directed thitherward her father who was left behind when she got off soon after made his way on north and joined his children he was too old and infirm probably to be worth anything and had been allowed to go free or to purchase himself for a mere nominal sum slaveholders would on some such occasions show wonderful liberality in letting their old slaves go free when they could work no more after reaching new bedford clarissa manifested her gratitude in writing to her friends in philadelphia repeatedly and evinced a very lively interest in the ugrr the appended letter indicates her sincere feelings of gratitude and deep interest in the cause new bedford august twenty sixth eighteen fifty five mr still i avail myself to write you these few lines hoping they may find you and your family well as they leaves me very well and all the family well except my father he seems to be improving with his shoulder he has been able to work a little i received the papers i was highly delighted to receive them i was very glad to hear from you in the wheeler case i was very glad to hear that the persons were safe i was very sorry to hear that mr williamson was put in prison but i know if the praying part of the people will pray for him and if he will put his trust in the lord he will bring him out more than conquer please remember my dear old father and sisters and brothers to your family kiss the children for me i hear the yellow fever is very bad down south now if the underground railroad could have free course the emigrant would cross the river of gordon rapidly i hope it may continue to run and i hope the wheels of the car may be greased with more substantial grease so they may run over swiftly i would have wrote before but circumstances would not permit me miss sanders and all the friends desired to be remembered to you and your family i shall be pleased to hear from the underground railroad often yours respectfully mary d armstead end of section eleven